Yes, people, it's episode 272 of Griff's Brain Dubs. Me, Griff, obviously. How are you doing? It is Sunday, the 17th of April, I believe. Is it 17th? It is 17th of April. Oh, I'm sat in my office. Well, I say in my office, in my office at home, not the office, in the office, in London. No, in my office, in my office, at home. How many times can I say office? How many off can I off, 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 office could off what? So, anyway, um... <laughs> I'm I'm tired. I'm I'm tired from the sun. It's just been been a nice warm day. Woke up. I was productive. Didn't have any football today, so um, I I trimmed the edge out the front of the house and then I mowed the lawn at the back in the garden. And um, the hardest bit about doing garden is where do you put all of your offcuts, right? No, where do you put them? Read somewhere that with the grass, it's okay to actually put it in your soil. Just dump it on the soil. Uh, because it will fertilise the soil and it will become, you know, it's just nature will do its thing and it'll be fine. But when you're trimming uh, bushes and hedges, though, where do you put all that stuff? Because you know, like your local collection where you have to collect your uh, garden waste. It's never just a regular collection, is it? Like you have to pay an extra amount to have your bin collected. I'm not sure, you know, if you just can get it collected once, you have to sign up for the whole year. I can't remember. I just remember reading it and being put off. So where do I put the cuttings for uh, my hedge? I can't tell you. I, I can't tell you because it will come back to me. But um, it didn't go into a brown bin. I can tell you that. I can also tell you it didn't go into any bin. That's as much as I can reveal. But it's not there in front of my house and our hedge looks lovely. So what are you going to do? Um, how's your week been, people? How have your weeks been? My week um, started the Monday, like most weeks. Well, it depends who you are. I think I've said this before on the pod, but, you know, some people say the week actually starts on Sunday. Sunday's actually the first day of the week, and Saturday's the seventh. I don't care what you think. Monday will always be the first day. You know, these stupid facts you learn as a kid. Sunday's the first day. No, no, it's not. It's the last day of the week. Stop being stupid. You know, you get, sometimes you get some calendars, you try to shift it. So you have Sunday at the beginning of the calendar and Saturday at the end. It's just like, no, that's just, I'm trying to see what weekend I'm free to do something. And you split my weekend over two lines. Don't do that. No, no, I don't, don't need it. I said, don't they stupid facts? You just don't care about, you know, a whale's actually a mammal. Who cares? You know, tomatoes actually a fruit. Who cares? How do I use it? You know what I mean? Oh, well, it's actually a mammal. Well, it behaves a lot like a fish. So let's just call it a fish. No, but it breathes air. Why does it live on the water then? Fish. Um, so it's tomatoes. No, oh, it's actually a fruit. It's like, okay, if it's a fruit, what dessert do you have it in? You know, just like, just stop it. Right, it's a vegetable. I know technically it's a fruit, but come on, it is a vegetable. You eat it, you put it in salads, you, you cook with it. No, this is a vegetable. Anyway, <laughs> I'm just ranting about tomatoes and stuff. Um, what was I actually saying um, about my week? Uh, so, so I said Saturday. I don't even mention Saturdays. What happened earlier on in the week? I don't think I gigged in the week. No, first gig uh, back was yesterday. I yawned so much. That does sound great on the pod. Um, for... First gig back um, after a bit of a break was yesterday. It's at a stand-up club in London Bridge. Uh, headlined. Um, it's an odd crowd. Um, what 
but it was, it, it was fine. You know, this isn't a diss at any uh, any club or anything. But I think what happens though in London, and I'm a sucker for it. I think all of us are as consumers is we get suckered into um, to unknown services if they have like a good website and the branding's good. You know, and it looks shiny. And for this uh, show yesterday, it's. It's a tough one because it's literally called the Stand Up Club, and I think what happens is people who aren't from London they would come to they would probably Google Stand Up Comedy Club London. I think that must come up. And if you come to the Piccadilly one, hey, you got your money's worth. Dedicated room above the comedy pub. The pub's called the Comedy Pub. Dedicated room above it, you know. And it's got to compete. It's got to come in hot because it's got the comedy store literally a few doors down. Then. You have this other one, which is in London Bridge, no competition uh, for comedy. And what the issue is, is upstairs, but the only thing separated upstairs and downstairs is a curtain. So you can hear all the noise from downstairs. And in this pub, I came in, it was football. Uh, I went downstairs in the interval, it was boxing. By the time I left, I had wrestling on. Just listen, big man, turn off the TV. No one's come to the pub to watch Smackdown. You know what I mean? Well, Gary won't come down the pub, do you? Well, who's there? It's going to be me, Neil, Paul, Alan. Going to watch Smackdown. Oh, yeah, right. Big match. Triple H. I don't know Triple H ain't rest anymore. <laughs> but it says, a, it's a funny idea. Says, Wait a minute, is this lady wearing an apron? I don't know if sure she is aware she's out walking a dog wearing the apron. This is when you're doing too much in your house. She's cooking dinner, has to walk the dog as well. Just, you know, pick one or the other. You can't be walking around these streets with an apron on. Don't care how fashionable you think you look. That's one trend I won't be buying into. Fast forward five years later and everyone's got Balenciaga aprons. £700. <laughs> That's a trick, man. You've got to build your brand. You need to slap any price tag on anything. Um, right. <laughs> what else happened this week? Um... I have to check my calendar, see where I was. That's how I know what I was doing in life. Oh, sorry, big yawn. Big yawn again. Yeah. Uh, I'm checking my calendar. Calendar. Calendar, 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 calendar. Not Canada. Calendar. Um. Oh, okay, yeah. That's what happened this week. Um. Yeah, I went to... So it's supposed to be gigging on Tuesday, but the person booking it um, didn't realise they were meant to book me, so didn't do that one, because we're rearranged for some point in the future. Um, and then Wednesday, met the agents, went to the agent's office. Um, hey girl, chinwag. Oh God, this yawning is dumb. It's annoying me. It's actually annoying. What, what is the cause of yawning? Do we know? Do you know, it's one of those weird human functions we don't know the answer to, right? Like some people say, we're trying to get more oxygen in. Um, others say, I don't know what anyone else says, actually. I think that's the that's the conclusion I've, uh, I've, I've stopped at. <laughs> um, yawning. I know that um, there's theories about yawning being contagious, seeing someone yawn, you yawn. And I saw that theorised as, it's our... Um, primitive brain picking up on social cues of other others in our species so it's like if you're yawning oh I'm just like you I'm yawning too it's just like a thing of trying to stay involved but I don't know if that's true either 
Anyway, let's have a read. Yawning. Um, where should I go to? Not Wikipedia. What to know about yawning? Um, Healthline.com. No, what could call yeah. Oh my God, that's another one. Jeez, another one. It's, it's dumb. Do you understand? I don't even feel tired. If I'm just yawning. I'm just yawning like a. And I just bailed on it because I don't know what yawns a lot. <laughs> I don't know it yawns differently. Um, let's see. What to know about yawning? Go on WebMD. You may not notice how often you yawn, or you may wonder why you can't stop yawning. Yawning is a common reflex where you open your jaw wide, taking a deep breath, and then quickly exhale. Typically, you'll feel more relaxed after you yawn. There's not an exact reason why people yawn, but there are many theories. I see. We don't know. I thought it was. I thought some of those still didn't know we know what yawning is but we don't know why we do it it's dumb um but i want to stop i can almost feel it coming again uh fight it fight it fight it no it's there oh well all right <laughs> oh that's what i did this week that's exciting I, i've used an uh, yet another barber i know reckless uh everyone knows me um who knows me? Knows I've got barbers everywhere. Um, I've got a barber in Harlow. Uh, I've got a barber in East London. I've got a barber in. Well, he used to have one in Northwest. He texted me saying he moved, but I've still got his number, so he might still be somewhere else in Northwest. Um, I have a barber in North London, in Finsley Park. Uh, I had a barber in Hatfield, but I left. I stopped going to that barber uh, for the sheer fact that. Yeah, I never went to that bar before a trim that wasn't really important. You know, you know that like if you've got an event, you need to look good, like a wedding or whatever, you need to look good. I never went to that guy. Um, but you just for a regular degular haircut, keep your head looking short, looking presentable, then yeah. I used to go to one in Hatfield, but I stopped when um, I literally just asked for a shape-up and he charged me 20 pounds he charged me the price for a full haircut i was like hold on what are you doing it's just i just wanted to shape up and he goes nah sorry it's the same price either way do you know how much i want to just sit back down in the chair and to say all right do more but i needed to go somewhere but my my ultimate clap back was just to stop going there not you know uh, you know like when like rappers and things aren't allowed in a club and then or aren't allowed in a certain shop where they get treated disrespectfully and their way to retaliate is to buy more stuff from the shop. You know, he says, that, that's, no, that's not to retaliate. That's not the way. Um, but yeah, anyway. Uh, yeah, so I just stopped paying. Just, let me stop paying, stop going. So he, he's got, he hasn't got my money anymore. So him getting that extra £10 that day has lost him, let me say, £20 haircut. Maybe roughly twice a month, you know. They say it always went there. That's 240 quid he lost that one. Dumb. Anyway, so what I was saying is, um, so I've got a new, had a new barber. It's a mobile barber. Naomi saw the van driving around our town, and then she goes, Oh, mobile barber, you should try it out. And I was like, You know what? Let me try it out now. So they came to my house at like 11 o'clock, just waited outside, looked outside, oh, that's a big van. Got a brand on the side, I was like, right, cool. And got my hair trimmed in a van. 
is there anything you can't do in a van now? I don't know. But um, you know what? It was cool. Hair trimmed. It was a white guy. A white man cut my hair. It's funny because he asked me. He goes, am I the first white guy to cut your hair? And I was like, nah. And he's like, oh, damn. <laughs> he wanted to be the first guy. He wanted to prove a point. And to be fair, my, my hair looks nice. It's fine. My hair looks nice. Um, and he was a cool guy. He was a cool little chat. You know, he said he's been cutting hair for eight years. Things like black people say for eight years. He says he's never he uh, he never made any kind of distinction between the two. He's just he goes the hair is different, but he goes not different enough that I can't cut it. And he was telling me about one customer that he had who literally did the online thing, the booking because the name of the company is Bossman Barbers. Yeah, so he saw the company name, booked it, and then when my man turned up, he re- he refused to get he refused to get his haircut because um, he has to pay in advance. I guess he wanted his money back. And um, he also cussed um, the barber for saying he's like misleading people. He was so adamant he was black. He's like, but you've got pictures of black people on your website. And he's like, yeah, because that's who my customers are. Because <laughs> that was a funny thing as well. Talk about racial prejudice, yeah. So I saw two barbers on the on the on the on the on the app for this place for this van, and I was like, right. I'm going to pick the black guy, obviously, because, you know, my racial prejudice when it comes to hair. And, you know, that's it. It is what it is. And then I looked at both their Instagrams. And I was like, mm. some of them fades aren't faded. Mm. You know, some of them shape pops up. I And then I'm right. Let me look at the other guy, the white guy. I looked at his page. And it was just... Uh, some just smooth fades, some crispy shape ups, skin fade to the skin. And I was like, I'm I'm cancelling my book and then go with with the white guy. Now, you know, is that supporting black business? No, it's not. But this is my hair. And I've got to support the mental health of black men by not getting a jacked up haircut. So <laughs> that's what I had to do. I had to I had to preserve my own mental health by not getting a jacked up haircut. And the haircut was cool, man. It was just fun, isn't it? It's just right outside your house. There ain't no waiting in the queue. No even travelling to the bar, but it's just outside my house, pulled up, so alright, cool, let me jump in. Sweet. Winner geezer. So that's what I recommend. If uh obviously you don't live in my area, uh you won't be able to uh, go to this barbers but uh, if you download the app trim it this podcast isn't sponsored by trim it but it's the way i said trim it sounded like i was going to roll into an advert i mean do you want your haircut but you don't have time and you don't want to find the barber and you want the barber to come to you use trim it and basically just it's all the um all your mobile barbers in your area you guess you have to check if, if it covers your area because not every not every area is covered by that. But yeah, just go go check it out, people. Go check it out, listeners. Um, right, that's all my life, I think. Um, as I went to off into Avalon's office on Wednesday. Aha, yeah. Then got told to actually look at my email. That's my emails so this Tuesday coming up. I'll be up the creek in Greenwich if you're around that area, around that neck of the woods. Um, I'll be opening. Or supported Simon Brodkin as he does his work in progress show. Um, so yes, yeah, so I've got to decide what I'm doing that day. Am I going into the office or 
I'll just drive there. Because South East London, especially Greenwich, is a real pain in the anus to get home from. Real pain in the anus. So, we'll see. We'll see what we do choose. But yeah, that's what's on Tuesday. I think on Thursday, I'll be emceeing West End Comedy. Uh, on the Friday, I'll be at Vauxhall Comedy. Um, and Saturday, we hopefully watching Dillian White bang off Tyson Fury's head. But we'll see. We will see. Right, what is going on in the world? Um, I'll tell you what. Let's go for the more serious. The new kind of uh, refugee plan. The Rwandan refugee plan. Where if you are a refugee and you're not on the approved list. I think it's something like that. There's, uh, you're not approved. Or you'll not be allowed into the UK. Uh, you'll be flicked over to Rwanda. And Rwanda will deal with you. And if you're deemed acceptable by Rwanda, you can stay in Rwanda. Not that you could, yeah. So if you're trying to come to the UK, it's not that if you pass the Rwandan test, you get to come back to the UK. Mm -mm -mm, no, you're now in Rwanda. Imagine. Imagine traveling halfway across the world to get to the UK and you end up in Rwanda. I mean, now I guess you've got to big up Rwanda wanting to help the world, help the UK. I don't know how this deal will be structured. But it's got a lot of resistance from the Labour Party, from the Archbishop of Canterbury, all saying this is and uh, human rights charities as well. Gone, this is just no. This is how you do asylum. You can't outsource your asylum. <laughs> and I mean, I guess from a, from a practical point of view, I don't know. I mean, if you're a family of a site like you know your family's been made uh refugees as long as you're together you don't mind going rwanda do you i don't know what the political climate is like in rwanda like i don't think anyone's hinted that it's a punishment to go to rwanda i think everyone's just basically saying trying to get into the uk that's where you want to be and you're not allowed in i mean i don't immigration is always one of those weird ones right because we always feel and I always feel like I need to side with one side when it comes to immigration. This isn't even an immigration issue, really. It's just a, you know, it's a, it's a, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know, it's gone. <laughs> it's, um, the energy I'm bringing to this pod is like it's 12, like it's midnight, but it's, it's really not. The sun is out, sky's bright, just feeling but knackered um but going back to this Rwanda plan yeah it's just I don't know it's just odd like how does this idea even come about like, who who brought the idea forward because that's it it's, it's pretty Patel looks crazy the UK looks crazy proposing this but R Rwanda accepted what if it's Rwanda who approached the UK going look you're going to get a lot of asylum seekers coming to your shores how about you just chuck them over here mate we'll have them Scrap metal. He's like that guy. That's what Rad's is looking like. <laughs> but, um, I don't know. I have the, uh, a reasonable outcome. Comes, but I guess the truth of the matter is you can't actually take in every refugee, can you? Can we? I guess if you're trying to maintain the status that there's limited resources, then you can't bring in too many people at the bottom layers. It's a pyramid, isn't it? That's, that's what 
<laughs> so what immigration is, is a pyramid scheme what am i talking about um but it's kind of true right because you only have a certain number and then you need people who come in first needs to go away but i guess those people come then they have kids here there's, there's more people here but i don't know i don't know well, i think most of us know that the world even this country isn't overpopulated it's just mispopulated in the sense that too many people want to live in london i think what is it over one over 10 percent of the country's population lives in london crazy crazy gives you a warped expectation of what other what other cities and towns are meant to be like if you've grown up in and around london yeah, it's like, oh, why is it so quiet, man? Why is everything shut? It's like, because it's 11 p.m., son. No need for anything to be open at 11 p.m. Well, in London, I can get... Anyway. So, yeah, I don't think that uh, Rwandan plan is the best plan. But it's interesting. Like, I'm wondering, would the uproar be the same if the deportation was to Canada? Or, you know, the process was in Canada or um, France? Now, it's got to be Anglophone. Canada, South Africa, Australia, New Zealand, you know, those guys. Do you think the backlash would be the same? So that part of me is there's some kind of underlying racism in the backlash in itself that people are like, oh, it's Rwanda. It's African, it's scary. I, I don't know. This, you can always go deeper and deeper. Uh, this is so solid album uh, I think not last week the week before on a walk started listening to uh, this is so solid just came on random I was like let me go right back to the album um, I just had a thought but I was saying what I was doing this week I just remembered what I did Friday which was fun took my daughter out for the first time when I say took her out for the first time, I've been outside with my daughter before. Um, we've gone for walks. I've just never taken her all the way into London before. I've never taken her all the way into London. So that, that's what was new. Went to uh, Tiny Tigers. Tiger, Tiger. Um, which was like a, a cafe, but I've got a playpen and then the side room, that's a theatre. Uh, so we've taken her to see a play called Sprung, which is not a children's play made by T-Pain. That's what I thought I was going to see. You know what I mean? I thought I was going to see Teddy Penderess. I thought I was going to hear some auto-tune. Or, you know? Going to be in Zadie's ear going, this is real music, this is... <laughs> now, nah, shout out T-Pain. T-Pain's a legend. But um, no, it wasn't about that. It was about uh, planting and farming and growing and cultivation. That's what it was about. Well, it was fun. They had a lot of fun. She's a very sociable baby. My wife always talks about how sociable our baby is and how she thrives being around other children. I used to be like, well, I mean, I, I guess, I suppose so. This is just you saying that. <laughs> as, a, as a doted mum. Uh, but then when I went to this event, I was like, oh, no, well, she really does interact with other kids and she seems to absolutely love it. Fair enough. So it's nice to see her happy. See the baby happy. Um, yeah, man. And um, I think I was the only, like, dad on his own. Everyone is either mums on their own, uh, couples, 
Um, it's a woman and a sister as well. So, you know, you have those kind of setups, but no other men just on their own uh, with, with baby. Which made me think, is that a thing that, you know, that just a lot of guys don't do, or was it just the luck of the day? I want to know what you guys, when's, those of you have kids, uh, when's the first time you took your kid out, just you two, like a fair distance? So, I mean, I've driven to my mum's with, with her and stuff, but yeah, actually just out and about and stuff. Yeah, I want to know, what's the age of uh, your kids when you took them out and about? And those you is for everyone. It's um, how many times do you see just a, a man on his own with a, with a kid? Because I know at one stage, at one stage in the past, like a man would even push a pram. You know what I mean? You'd be like, that's emasculating, darling. <laughs> wouldn't push a pram. Wouldn't carry a bag. It's a generational thing because when I was I went to visit uh, my mum on on Saturday, and her response to the, the Friday because she asked me, "Oh, how was Friday? How was the baby theatre?" I go, oh, "I I took her." And my mum was like, turned to her and goes, "You let him loose in London? I like, let me loose? One, I've been to London before. Probably know London better than anyone in my family. It's definitely central London. You know. And then she's." They also talk like this kid ain't mine. <laughs> As I said, to her, I go, what do you mean, let me loose? It's, it's my kid. But yeah. All right, what else been going on? Anyway, talking about your kids. Talking about my kids. It's my kids. Um, let me find this crazy article that I saw earlier. Um, well, essentially, oh, no, I need to find it. I need to find it. I can't just, just say essentially. Shout out to 52 weeks later. He, he wanted me to do this as a dear Deirdre, but I won't. But I will tell you guys about it. Because it is nuts. Um, oh, that's another thing I need to talk about as well. Jeez. Um, all right, let me just read this. This is someone's um, Facebook status. I won't say their name because they're on private. Basically, every year you've got the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Yeah? Um, very expensive festival. My agents want to send me up there next year. Um, I say they want to send me up there let me rephrase it they want me to go up there and the reason I have to phrase it like that is because it costs money and they're not paying so I need to work out how I'll get whether I'm going to go up there now this year I think because it's the first year back proper proper yeah um, and they've changed the law on accommodation in Edinburgh where I think the students those in student accommodation as in privately renting um, don't have to leave uh, their house over the summer. Whereas before, they did leave their house over the summer, and therefore there's more accommodation. Because accommodation is at a premium, um, I think the price is always going to be higher, but now it's like gone through the roof, and it's astronomical for, for people. Like, I'm staying in student halls, literally student halls. Um, I'm in a twin room, by myself, uh, I was a double bed, but it's, it's a twin room, whatever. Twin room, ensuite bathroom, um, that's all I cared about, right? Um, I guess, you know, so I'll be in student halls. And I'm there for five nights, and I'm paying like £400, something like that. Yeah, that's about right. No, I'm not. 
I'm paying 300 and something pounds for five nights. Um, which is cheap. That's the cheapest I can get a room to myself. There's hostels and dorms. I'm not doing that. Um, but yeah, there's nothing. And I guess for a lot of comedians who don't have a full-time job out of this, it's just crippling them. Anyway, I didn't read the status what someone's saying. They're saying, I know everyone's struggling this year with Edinburgh accommodation, but I'm seriously thinking I might have to cancel my show because it's just ridiculous. The cheapest I've found near the city centre is over 5k for one bedroom. Even with people sharing, it's not affordable and I don't want to be that far out because getting home late at night needs to be taken into consideration. Anyone got any ideas apart from the obvious of being further out and commuting? Jeez, 5k. 5k for this. So I'm going for five nights. A lot of people, they're going for the full run. They're taking a sharp there. They're there for the full run. Um, and it's tragic that, you know, we're comedians. And this is the this is the trade show for us. Yeah, this this is the one. This is one that you want to go up there and get your big break. That's the model. That's that's the model. You, 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 you work hard, you get signed. Then you go to Edinburgh. Uh, that's your big debut. All your TV producers are there. That's where you're picked up. And they go, all right, you're the next one. And, you know, and, and they... And that's it. And then that's the launch of career. You you get to write as a sitcom and start writing on things. But here's the thing, though. Here's the cycle. We end up with the arts. Is if you have an event like Edinburgh where not any not everyone can get there, not everyone can afford to get there, uh, you end up with a very selective demographic of people, right? The people can afford to be in Edinburgh. So you end up getting comedy f- from the... V- not the same people, but it's not as diverse as it could be. That's what it is. And that's that's the knock-on effect. That literally only people who can afford it. And those people who can afford it, people, I guess, with full-time jobs and no other commitments. Um, you know, outside of comedy. Most of the other commitments, they no kids or anything like that. No mortgage is just there. They're young, they're earning money. And they can go. And then you've got the ones who don't earn money. They're just born into money. Uh, so they their parents can pay for it. Um, and that's where you get this kind of middle class comedian. And they, that's what the arts... That's what the um, Edinburgh Fringe becomes. And that's what the new crop of talent coming through is. And so people like Mo came through through social media. He, he, Enough. I if I hear the story correctly, it was because he couldn't afford to go to Edinburgh. He just started making silly videos at home because there was no gigs going on in London because everyone's in Edinburgh. All the bookers, promoters, everyone takes something up to Edinburgh. So he was just at home making videos on Insta, and then bada bing, bada boom, Mo Gilligan became Mo Gilligan. Um. And well, that was part way through his process anyway. And, part is, uh, and because of that now, you've got a lot of people now who say, well, fuck Edinburgh, you don't need to use Edinburgh. Edinburgh's old, it's dated. But it is, but it's still the way. And hence why, again, you have a certain type of people on your TV. And it's just, it's just interesting. I do find it just interesting what's going to happen like even with me next year i can't afford to be really out of pocket i've got to think of a financial plan i've got some ideas of what i'm going to do um and they seem pretty outlandish but we'll see we'll see but i'll uh 
oh god you wouldn't but if I have a show to take up there then I will go up there I'll do it and I won't be out of pocket I tell you I won't be I can't spend all these years working in finance and being the guys out of pocket no 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 not me sir not me not today <laughs> um, but I didn't even want to come and talk about Edinburgh I wanted to talk about my stupid um, the stupid thing I was going to post let's see um, right here you go this is headline I saw in the mirror uh, my husband found us a child to adopt I didn't know he was actually his son mud let me just read this really quickly let me just get the kind of get to the the nitty gritty of it there's a middle bit um there you go the 41 year old mother of five had always wanted a big family after having three daughters and a son a health issue meant that she sadly wouldn't be able to have any others biologically she and her husband dave discussed adopting a fifth child at this point as he was stationed abroad for a short time and not wanting to uproot their kids to disrupt her business he decided to take discussion. They decided to table the discussion until his return. However, during his time overseas, Dave, 48, suggested they look into international adoption. Although this wasn't something she considered before she came around to the idea. And the reason why he suggested international adoption was he was abroad, <coughs> clapping cheeks. But then he got someone pregnant, and then she didn't want the kid, so he adopted her. Uh, adopted the kid and then brought the kid back to the UK un- under adoption in air quotes and uh, the woman had been raising the kid till seven seven believing he's just a, a random adopted kid from overseas and what was happening was as he got older lots of people came and said wow it's crazy how much this adopted kid looks like the rest of the children to the point that I wouldn't even know. If you didn't tell us, we wouldn't know. It wasn't related. And apparently the wife was moving something in the safe or moving safes. Saw um, the adoption paperwork and looked at him and hmm, that doesn't look quite right. So she got a DNA test. Found out it's actually her husband's son, Matt. Now he's one of those ones that they're feeling getting divorced. I think they're going to get divorced and I think they should. And those weird ones, if you're going to make, if you're going to do such a catastrophic fuck up like that, you've got to come clean. There's no way you can keep that. I'm not going to keep that, um, keep that uh, locked away, that secret. It was going to always come out and cause maximum hurt and destruction when it did come out. But the longer it would have gone on for, the more terrible it would have been. Definitely. But, um, it's just a crazy attempt though. It's a wild attempt. I guess he almost got away a bit. He didn't move to safe. But, ah, still. How can you live with yourself? It's one thing if you cheat. It's nothing you have a literal reminder of that. And then you convince your wife to raise the kid. Without telling her, it's your kid. Wild behaviour. Right. Last one. Last story. And then we'll get to the Dear Deirdre. I feel like I've been talking for quite a bit. I don't want to be talking for 35 minutes and no Dear Deirdre. got so much to get off my chest, guys. Um, what else? Last bit, last bit. And then we'll get to the Dear Deirdre. Because that's what you come for. Um, two inmates at all women's New Jersey prison are pregnant after both had sex with the same transgender inmate after local ACLU Chapter 1 battle uh, to house trans inmates in women's prisons. Hey. The pregnant woman 
are housed at the embattled Edna Mahon Correctional Facility in Clinton, which New Jersey governor now plans to close. It was it is unclear if the women had sex with the same transgender woman. Edna Manhattan houses 27 transgender prisoners and over 800 cisgender women. The correctional facility um, began to house inmates of gender uh, by gender identity last year. Um, after reaching a settlement in a lawsuit brought by a trans woman and the ACLU. Edna Mann, the only woman's prison in the state, does not require transgender inmates to proceed with reassignment surgery in order to be housed. That is interesting. Um, in recent years, Edna Mahan has grappled with reports of widespread abuses and system fa- systemic failures. Ten prisoner guards, ten prisoner guards face criminal charges stemming from alleged assault on inmates, including a transgender woman, in January 2020. So, transgender is a topic again, and I think for me, this one's crazy. This one's crazy. Here's the thing. I will respect anyone's wish to identify how they want to identify. Um, like I said, as long as it's not causing harm or distress to anyone else. Um, I think when it comes to things like using toilets, um, I mean, if, you, if you're a trans woman, it should be easy to use toilet because you just go sit in your cubicle. I guess it's hard if you're a trans man. I guess you go sit in the cubicle, really, but if you're like being lad, 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 you're all in piss, then he's like, yeah, me too. And you're just like, oh, no. He's standing right next to you, like, eh, go on, dude, go on, dude, piss. <laughs> um, yeah, so toilets, okay. I mean, we've always had three genders anyway when it comes to toilets, right? Male, female, wheelchair guy. Yeah, disabled. That's that's a that's a different gender. It's got their own toilet, um, <laughs> wheelchair and baby changing facility. Um, yeah. Right. So with this thing, um, so, so society, I don't really care. Live and let live. Um, when it comes to going to prison, we got you got to apply some common sense here, right? Surely, if you're if you post up. I'll let you off. You can go if you're a trans woman. You've had the op. You go to a women's prison. But if you're pre-op, fully functional man penis, sorry, lady penis. Um, <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Come on, now you can't go to that prison. And here's the thing. What's what's the other option for that trans uh, woman? Is to go to a man's prison. Um, so. With this obviously, this person here is either they're gonna have sex with women in the women's prison or they're gonna get fucked in the man's prison. Um, uh, I swear I saw like a pic, not, not this one, but I remember seeing a picture years ago. Um, just a picture of the inmate going in. I was like, oh dear, I've, I need to find it because I, I think I made a mention of, of needing to track how long this person survives. And if there's a follow-up documentary, then what they what they look like now. But here's the thing. Yeah, it'd be dreadful for a trans woman to be in a man's prison as well. Especially if you've had some of the op, some of the work done. Just haven't had the final op. But it's like, although it would be terrible, prison's meant to be terrible, right? Like, you know, 
and it's unfair, but but the stakes are it's simply the stakes are just higher, surely, and that's being incentive to not break the law. I don't know what law they broke to be in there, but that's, that's got to be your incentive. I can't break the law because I'm not built for prison. I know I'm not built for prison, so I ain't breaking any laws. But if I did break the law, I'm doing whatever I can to get out of it. I can't go to prison. I will snitch. I will point at, you know what I mean, the defendant in the court. But it was him. Him, he did it. Not me, him. Send him away. I'm not built for that. Just just not. Just not. Just not. And that's how this trans uh, woman should be in the outside world. You should know you are not built for man prison. Oh, dear. It's a rough one. It's a rough one. It's a rough one. Um. Anyway, let's get on to some dear, dear. Jeez, my eyes are bloody heavy. Ooh, there you are. Alright. Do I have any drink in this? Car don't. Oh, it's just sad. Mm. Okay. Ha ha ha. This is good. This one, the guys really think about when they've got their buddy Mrs. Robinson fantasies going on. Dear Deirdre, I'm humiliated after my wife left me to be with our son's 20 year old friend. That young first pains. Dear Deirdre, I have been completely humiliated after my wife traded me in for a young lad who is barely out of nappies. He is out of nappies though. Why, why are you saying these silly things? He was my teenage son's friend and he's 20 years younger than me. Oh no. Why don't you just get with one of like your son's female friends? Wait, uh, sorry, why are we tormenting your son? <laughs> your son's actually in a innocent party this. His friend is bagging his mum, and I was about to tell you to bag a girl that he really fancies. That that is not the advice. That, that isn't what the son needs at all. Um, you, the guy who sleep with your wife, you need to find like his ex girlfriend, his sister, his mum. Get with his mum. Become his stepdad. That's what you need to do. Become his stepdad. See how he feels. Anyway. My wife and I are 41. I thought my life was storybook perfect. We were childhood sweethearts. We married and had three wonderful children. I used to live, used to love telling people we've been together for 24 years. It was no longer than, well, it was longer than any other couples of our age. We knew, yeah, 24 years. That's a good stint. What's, what's 24 years? Is that 23? You got married? Yeah. Um, I was very much in love with my wife uh, last summer. We decided our eldest son needed tutoring for his GCSEs the following year. So we got our neighbour's son, who was 19, to tutor him. Jesus. My boy idolised him. They had known each other since they were small. He was like an older brother to him. I thought this lad was a great role model for him. he just graduated from university. I was looking for a job. Um, oh, gee, I've scrolled the wrong way. He was looking for a job. It, it seemed like a perfect arrangement. It never crossed my mind he would make a move on my wife. Besides, she had known him since he was a toddler. He still had the remnants of teenage acne and lived with his parents. Oh, jeez, I see what you mean. He's not, he's not even... Oh, jeez, what was I just about to say? <laughs> no, he's 20. It's fine. He's not even a hot 20-year-old. You know, he's not like the gardener. You know, the cliché. The gardener just all takes the t-shirt off, diet coke moments. Is that's not what's happened with this guy? This guy's looking like a young Luke Chadwick. 
Not an old Luke Chadwick. You see what Luke Chadwick looks like now, guys? It's like a real normal bloke. Before, though, he looked like a, a cross between a goonie and a cheese grater. Anyway, um, I was shocked when my wife confessed she had been in a nine-month relationship with him. I, at first, I thought it was some kind of sick joke. She said they can see a future together and she wants a divorce. Um, yeah, they can see a future together, but their future isn't long. Well... His is longer than hers. <laughs> they haven't told the kids yet. I keep praying she'll change her mind. I hate myself for letting this happen. Mate, you didn't let it happen. You didn't make it happen. It's who she wanted. That's the type of person she is. She doesn't have the moral boundaries and the temerity to say, hey, I'm not going after this kid who I've known from like our street since they were a kid. So the woman need to be with you trying to get back with her, but then what happens when you get back together? He's just there staring at the back of her head in bed when just punch her right in the ponytail. Like, you, you don't want to do that. You don't need that in your life, mate. Alright? Just, just leave it. Cry it out. Just, cry, just go just go upstairs. Just cry it out. That's what you need to do. Um. <laughs> uh, right, what's the next one? Oh, dear. Sex matters. After my wife got pregnant, she thinks I'm being unreasonable for still wanting a sex life. Wait, while she's pregnant? Because I can understand she may not actually feel like having sex while she's pregnant. But after? It's like the baby's here running around. Hey. Hey. You need to do your wifely duties. Let your husband do his husbandly duties. Anyway, I'm 36. She's 35. Our daughter is three. Yeah, now y'all need to be having sex. Um, when she got pregnant, she stopped being interested in sex, and me too, for that matter. Okay, it is only sorry, sorry. It it's as if my only use to her is now over. What do you mean, your only use to her? You're a husband. You're not, your only use isn't just a banger. You've got um, you do lots of other stuff, right? I organise date nights for just the two of us. Uh, but she only ever wants to spend time as a threesome with our little girl. Don't talk about sex then call spending time with your kid a threesome. I mean, I know that's technically what it is, but to say a trio. Anyway. <laughs> In the evenings, I get so lonely. I come back from work at 6pm, but she'll go to bed at the same time as her daughter at 7.30pm. Jesus, whenever I try to talk to her, she snaps. That's family life. I don't know what I can, more I can do. Jeez. Mate. Have you got like some disgusting DMs on your phone? So she's behaving like someone who's read something, knows something about you that you don't think she knows and you haven't told her and you kind of should have. So if you have a little think about that, mate, that should help you get through this. Um, right. One more, one more, one more, one more. Um, Oh. Right, right, right. Okay, here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. Wait, what was that one? No, definitely this one. Um, social distancing. Can I tell my partner not to go to her pal's wedding as her ex is going? Do not say that. Why? Because like I said, I've been here before. Right? When you put it in the air. The mood shifts. I'm telling you. If you put it in the air. If you, sorry. If you don't put it in the air. She goes to this wedding. 
she sees her ex, she's like, oh, I hate that guy so much. Oh, he's so annoying. Oh, oh God, he's coming over. Oh, hi. You all right? Yeah. Good. Yeah, so where's your boyfriend? Oh, no, he's not here today. But yeah, still together. Still happy. Yeah. That's what happened. You just let her go. But if you start saying things like, oh, because your ex is there, guess what? When she sees the ex, that feet that feeling of, I can't look at him, it's going to create some excitement in her. Then when they end up talking to each other, just, you know, crossing paths, and she's all like, oh, oh, all flabbergasted, all flustered and stuff. It's just sexual tension, so going to just ramp up between the two of them. Imagine not being told you can't talk to her all night and then guess what? You're going to eventually talk. She's going to eventually talk to him because just as how life goes. And she's going to be all charged up. He's going to be charged up. And then guess what? They're all staying at a travel lodge near the wedding venue. And then guess what? Your wife isn't sharing a room with anyone. Guess what? He's not sharing a room with anyone. Oh, what floor are you on? Two. You? Two. What's your room number? 214. Oh, what's mine? 222. Okay, not that close. Kind of close. Not that close. They walk down the corridor. Guess what? Their doors are opposite each other. Oh, no. I guess this is me. Yeah, I guess this is me. Right. Is your room the same layout as my room? Uh, no. Let's have a look. Oh, oh. Doors are closed behind them. Automatically locks. Oh, 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 man. <laughs> it's going to happen now, bro. It's in the air, bro. You can't stop it now, bro. It's all because he said it. Anyway, I haven't even read the Dear Deirdre. Dear Deirdre, should I tell my partner she can't go to her friend's wedding because her ex will be there? I trust her implicitly. She has never given me any reason to doubt her, but the idea of her being near the idea of him being near her at the same small event is making me really uncomfortable. Um, I'm 29 and she's 27. We've been together for four years. Being really uncomfortable makes me feel like... I don't know why. I immediately went to... He's white, she's white, the ex is black. Anyway, some of our friends are now started to settle down and get married. So this is just one of the several weddings we've been invited to. I can't go because I have a work trip abroad. And now I don't want her to go even. Oh man, you've got a work trip abroad. So you're the again. You're all this in your head. Like, oh, she's gonna cheat. You're gonna go on your work trip. And guess what you're gonna do? You're gonna fuck up. I don't know where you're going. I hope you're going somewhere like Brunei, where you can't fuck up. <laughs> the laws just tell you you can't. Laws tell you stay in your house because there ain't no nightclubs it. Um. Some of our friends are now starting to settle down and get married. So this is just one of the several weddings we've been invited to. I can't go because I'm in the workshop abroad, but now I don't want her to go either. The bride is my partner's friend from uni. Yeah, okay. The, that's also where she knows this guy from. He still mates with the groom. Yeah, very, they're from uni. Um, I don't think my partner's relationship with him was serious. No more... No more a friends with benefits thing. That's the worst, man. You want it to be serious. Because when it's serious, you don't... I don't think you have any temptation to go back, right? But if there is something a bit fun... Ooh, is, remember, this is an easier time. More fun time. 
and then you're told they can't talk to each other. Oh, jeez, bro, don't don't do it to yourself. More friends with benefits. Every time she mentions the wedding, I bristle. She says she's looking forward to seeing all her old friends, and I ultimately imagine she's thinking of him. Maybe she is. Ask. Should I tell her I'm I'm unhappy about her going, or keep it quiet to avoid the rat? We can't be unhappy about her going. Don't fuck up her day. I think, mate. I think you just let her go, and you just. I mean, you just block it out that she's going. Like, that's going to happen. Trust me. If you just chill out, watch her Instagram story, she's going to be posting every five minutes, and you're going to sit. You know? She's just dancing in a circle with the girls. Okay. Do what? Why don't we be bothered? And you realise uh, that actually, wait, what was, who's that in that story? And it's a guy, he, he's got like a tie around his head about three shirt buttons open and he is you can tell he's entering into a different zone of drinking and then you then you start getting your investigative hat on you well, let me look at let me look at another friend who's at the at the wedding story and then you see my man with a tie around his head shirt open dancing an innocent dance next to your next to your missus like a light macarena but they are vibing. Because <laughs> he's told them they can't talk. And she's like, ah, fuck it. Bro, don't say it. I'm saying you, don't say it. And I said, do what? But be really nice to her before she leaves. Just cement yourself in her brain. That's all you got to do. That's all you can do. And just hope for the best, my friend. Hope for the best. Anyway, that's the end of the pod. I feel like I've been talking for an hour. 53 minutes. All right, good. That's it, that's done. I've got responsibilities in this house. So I've got to stop being locked in the room and go help out. Anyway, people, that is the end of the pod. Uh, like I said, Tuesday, uh, I'll be at Up the Creek. Oh, Thursday, I'll be at uh, West End Comedy Club. And Friday, I'll be at Vauxhall. Come see me, people. I'll be about. All right, that's the end of the pod. Peace.